Welcome to the Tennis with an Accent bite-sized podcast doing these 15 to 20-minute shows during the uh, Australian Open. This is just before day three. Uh, this is your co-host, Matt Zemek, and I'm with Saqib Ali. Hi, Saqib. Hey, Matt. Uh, second show in a row, so let's, uh, let's see how this one goes. Uh, what do you have in mind for today? Well, I think we before we'll, we turn to day three matches, I think we just have to duck in a quick word about Victoria Azarenka. And, you know, obviously she was sidelined by breathing problems and health difficulties. Um, it wasn't entirely about her tennis. Um, and, uh, you know, after the match, as quoted by our friend and former uh, podcast guest, Ravi Upa, she was very philosophical about it. You know, no regrets about coming down. It just, it is what it is. It's pandemic tennis and you live with with uh, what happens and you just move forward so it's good to see that she took the loss in stride and, I, and it's easier to take the loss in stride when it's not entirely about the tennis now as for the tennis though some credit has to go to Jessica Pegula who was down five to two in the first set and didn't accept that she did not uh, go meekly uh, into the afternoon in Melbourne, she fought back. She won the next five games to take the first set 7-5. If that comeback doesn't occur, maybe Azarenka finds a way to get through her difficulties, get to the finish line. But because Pegula snatched that first set, it went differently. So we see that scenario quite a lot of times in tennis where um, one player is worn down and struggling with health midway through the match and that player doesn't finish the match because that player could have had a one set lead, but instead didn't. And it magnifies the enormity of the physical challenge and the player can't make the full comeback. So that, that is worth noting in a, in a tournament, which already feels very volatile. And uh, as I wrote at tennisaccent.com, the, the big theme of this tournament, just two days in Sakib, it already seems to be, Amidst this volatility and uncertainty in these unusual circumstances, will the elites, I'm thinking Naomi Osaka on the women's side and Djokovic Nadal on the men's side, will, they, will the elites continue to rise to the top anyway, or will they also fall victim to the sense of chaos and instability unfolding this tournament? Mm. No, very well said. And I think I want to borrow your uh, verbiage from last year. It's not a normal year, not a normal tournament. So... Uh, this seems a little bit normal. I mean, consider what we had because not that, you know, pandemic tennis is normal. So I think, yeah, that's uh, something uh, we need to see how that plays out. So for today's uh, menu, I mean, of the matches, what strikes uh, for you when you look at the draw sheet? Is there any upset alert? Is there an intriguing matchup you want to talk about? What are your initial thoughts when, you know, day three menu is presented? Well, I think the match that just absolutely jumps off the page in uh, day three and as we start round two, Shea Suwei against Bianca Andreescu. What a delightful contrast in styles. And, of course, that, that's kind of a re- repetition right there because when Shea Suwei plays pretty much anyone, it's you know it's automatically going to be a contrast in styles. And yet, within that contrast, you do have two players who have many different ways of ending a point and they do, they are very resourceful and they use a lot of different shots. So in some way there's a, they're kindred spirits, but of course, Andrescu, uh, you know, with her, with her power, uh, with her defense, um, you know, she, she is an imposing um, first ball, first strike hitter. And it'll be interesting to see what uh, counters 
Shea Suwei has for her. So that's, that is a fascinating match. And to get that in round two of a major, that's a real treat. And it's, it's early in the day, uh, early in the order of play of matches. So um, by the time some of you listen to this, match might already be over, but um, you know, hopefully you will have got, gotten a chance to watch it and hopefully the match lives up uh, to the billing. We get an entertaining show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to focus on, I think uh, the match that stands out is Hugo Amber and uh, Nick Kyrgios. Uh, Amber is of course the seeded player, Kyrgios hometown boy. I think this, uh, this match uh, is pretty even. I don't know which way to lean. So I think, uh, uh, Talent-wise, you know, we all know what Kyrgios can bring, but I think uh, pandemic year, he didn't play at all. It'll be very interesting how he matches up against Umber, who has won, I think, more than 40 matches in the last two years. Won two titles last year, uh, has wins over Sitsipas, Medvedev, if I'm not mistaken, Gafan, uh, Shapovalov. So, yeah, this guy can definitely play. He's a lefty, not your typical, I think, lefty, according to many. He's a little mechanical. I don't know how people say that, but, you know, he's not in the in the panache flair image of how, you know, Guy Forger, Escudet, Leconte, and, you know, Monfi, some of the uh, stylish French player, you know, if you look at the aesthetics, I think, but he's, I think, the real deal. He's the guy they were looking for. I mean, Luca Pui is one of my favorites, but uh, looks like he's been injury plagued and kind of derailed. So, uh, looks like he's one of the next best French hopes and uh, locking up pawns on high sense now, I think, John Kane Arena, like with Nick Kyrgios. Uh, in the evening session, I think it's anybody's match. I wouldn't be surprised if Umber wins that in three or four. Uh, Nick is always Nick, but I think he's coming in under Cook. So that's one match I wanted to uh, share with the listeners here. And the other one is uh, Martin Fuchovic against Stan Wawrinka. Wawrinka is a favorite in that match, I think, uh, keep me honest here. But I wouldn't be surprised if Fuchovic can pull the upset there. Uh, he's... Better suited on clay. Took out Medvedev at Roland Garros last year. Has won a tournament, I think, in Geneva a couple of years ago. Uh, I saw him play Novak at uh, US Open two years ago uh, in that extremely, you know, tough opening round condition where it was just like an oven at the Arthur Ashe. You know, and there was breathing issues. The same year, I think Federer had Milman. Those were the two most talked about matches. And he hung out. He, 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 he held his own with Novak for a set and a half. Again, you know, Djokovic, you know, won the whole thing and, you know, beat him in that match. But, uh, yeah, that's one match. Uh, what is your view on the stands level? I mean, do you see that as a tricky match? By the time we release it, maybe at the podcast, one or two sets might be even over. How do you see that match? Yeah, I think that's a dead even match. I mean, they've, they've had – these two guys have had some battles uh, in, in recent years before the pandemic, um, some real scraps. I remember at Indian Wells – you know, they had a, a real tight uh, thrower that went down to the wire. So th- th- this feels like a 50-50 match. And, and the larger point about Stan is that, you know, we, we've seen him out of nowhere, you know, get hot. You know, he'd lose in the Geneva, Geneva Open, you know, 250 clay court first round. But then he goes on to, you know, go to the final of Roland Garros. And, you know, we have that re- memory of Stan. And we've seen him just do, you know, do uh, great at majors out of nowhere but we can't continue to think that he can just turn the switch on. You know, we do need to see a little patch of good form for a little bit of time as he gets older. You know, he has to, he has to get into to rhythm and he has to, you know, get, he has to get to the fourth round, you know, to face Djokovic. And that's going to be a real problem for him. Um, you know, it, 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 it's just not, we we have that memory and we have that strong association with Stan, but that doesn't mean we should just automatically give him the benefit of the doubt 
at each new tournament as he gets older, because as he has gotten older, it hasn't been nearly as easy for him to flip that switch. I mean, that's a part of the aging process for a guy who, you know, at his best, we know how great he can be, but it's not as easy for him to retain that best form. Yeah, I think very well said, because five sets still remained his format when he was playing his best tennis. You know, he was not your typical two out of three guy, you know, by the time, you know, he would warm up, he'll win those matches. Made the quarters last year, lost to Sasha Zvera, but you're right. I mean, we need to see a little more of Stan if he can, you know, win these kind of matches and uh, can make a second week. And then I think it'll be a good conversation. But, you know, he's done it before. Don't want to rule anyone out. But I think uh, post-knee surgery, I think, uh, you know, he's definitely not the same guy. But, I mean, he, he wants it badly. He's there in the mix. He's a seeded player. He's made some good results. So, yeah, I think that is, uh, I think, good call. Dead even match. Uh, I think Fuchovic, you know, went five in the first. That could have an impact, but 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 let's see. Uh, so another match I want to get your views on is Sabalenka Kasakina. Again, Kasakina, you know, rolled back a couple of years ago, played the final, I think, against Osaka at Indian Wells, one of the most talented players coming up. She's on her way back, but, uh, you know, uh, what's your take on that match? I mean, I think that's, again, a very 50-50 match for me, but uh, correct me, you know, if I'm off on, you know, on that match here. In terms of, oh, I, I don't necessarily think so. And I think one one thing we need to do when uh, sizing up these matches, we shouldn't be so sure. We shouldn't be so sure that these are matches fit into a particular category or fit a certain level of likelihood in terms of an outcome. You know, we've seen uh, a lot of disruption on the women's side already. You know, Mladenovic taking out Sakari and uh, uh, you know, with the Azarenka loss and and uh, a few other uh, seated women's players have gone out, and the, the, this has nothing to do with the men either. But some notable seeds have gone out in the ATP side of this tournament as well. Uh, you know, and and we shouldn't think that players who've been locked down uh, for a few weeks are automatically going to lose. You know, not all of them are losing. Some of them are losing, but not all of them are losing. So, you know, how players deal with various situations, it's all over the map. It's not as though the uh, results are cutting in only one direction relative to the various circumstances players are facing. So I would say that, you know, Sabalenka ought to win this match at this stage in, in her development and, and just given the, the, the arcs of these two players uh, in recent years, you know, Sabalenka is a top 10 seed. Um, so she she should win it, but I don't think that really matters a whole lot because we've seen just how little it means to be a seeded player, even a top 10 seeded player at women's majors in recent years. I mean, you know, Nomi Osaka, of course, won the U.S. Open. And I think Osaka on hard courts kind of belongs in, in her own separate category. But we've seen at most of the past 10 to 12 women's majors that having a top 10 seed guarantees very little, if anything, in terms of how deep you're going to go in this tournament. So Sabalenka should win, but that, that you know, really means a, a whole lot of nothing at this point. She has to go out and do it. Yeah, I'll own my enforcer. I think you're right. Uh, she's a seated player. And uh, this is definitely upset material as, as far as I'm concerned, but I could be wrong. Been wrong before, but I'll be following this match. And Matt, let's wrap this up with Bianca Andrescu. She's also on court right now. Uh, we'll publish this podcast, you know, in the next hour or so. Uh, so, again, the result could be out there. But, again, you know, this is uh, for someone who wants to tune in. What is the expectation for that kind of a comeback when you haven't played competitive tennis close to 16 months? And, uh, you know, she's absolutely a talented player, a former slam champion. But 
how does she come back into the mix of things and what are the serious expectations when you look at a draw? How far can she go and starting from today's match? You know, it's a cliche, Saka, but cliches are cliches because they are true. And the cliche is she has to take this one match at a time. I mean, I, it's, a, it's a situation where you don't know exactly how the body is going to perform from match to match. So, you know, none of us have a really good idea of how a two-week uh, grind, you know, might unfold or how the body will be in a second match, in a fourth match, you know, how this whole tournament can be handled. It's just, it's, it's a, a situation where she has to learn all over again how to carry herself through uh, big stage tournaments. And so, you know, we don't know how that's going to happen. We can all guess, we can all speculate. But to say that we have a strong feel for exactly how this is going to happen, I mean, we just don't. It's just, it is a circumstance in which uncertainty dominates. And we just have to accept that. And we need to watch and study and observe. And, you know, maybe we'll get to a point later this year after we've had more accumulated match play, some semblance of tournament to tournament rhythms and carryovers the way we have when we have a normal tour. I mean, you know, maybe we'll have a, a partly normal tour this year, but you know, it's not going to be a fully normal tour, not, not with uh, Indian Wells still being off the calendar. Um, so, so many of these questions about how players carry their bodies and manage their bodies over the course of not just single matches, but weeks. And I mean, that's particularly relevant at a major, which is a two week tournament. Um, these, these uh, points of uh, uncertainty, they're not going to get resolution anytime soon. So, for any player who's been away as for, for such a long time, now coming back in this pandemic circumstance, you can't really think about the match after the one you're playing. You got to deal with how you're doing today and, and you have to com compartmentalize that. And if you're fortunate enough to get through, then you focus on the next one. It's that, that's just, I don't think that any players are thinking about how they manage two full weeks, they have to just manage what's right in front of them because the circumstances are challenging enough as they are. Yeah, I think uh, that's a fair assessment. As Rafa would say, stay in the moment, stay in the point. So I think that's a mentality and, and rescue again uh, would be a very interesting follow for all of us, how she fares in this tournament. So I think we have enough, uh, we covered enough uh, because we plan to keep this short and uh, let me and Matt know or anyone at Tennis Accent team, what do you feel we should be covering if you like the style, you know, like Matt said, these are like, you know, short tidbits of uh, the day's play. And on that note, Matt, if you have nothing else, I think we can wrap this up and uh, probably record another one soon. Let's rock and roll. Thanks, Sakin.